What if each one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way? Join Mindful Money Management, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner at Asante Wealth Management. Today my guest is Janice Canning, and the topic of the show is celebrating the impermanence of our lives. Change is inevitable, and how we approach it can make all the difference. It can be upsetting or uplifting, accepted or rejected. Today we'll learn from Janice Canning how to take control and create our own unique and meaningful personal responses to life events. Janice's declaration of service is to be present during times of transitions, marking them with ceremony created in concert with those who seek meaningful and respectful rites of passage and to bear witness and celebrate together, honoring the diversity of culture, gender, and sexual orientation, philosophy, belief, and expression of those who choose to declare their joys and sorrows in the community. Janice brings over 30 years of experience, having walked many diverse paths, keeping an open mind and heart, being fully present to the spirit of the moment. Janice was raised in a united church and discovered the divine feminine of the goddess traditions in feminism of the 70s. Seeking to honor the earth, Janice sought instruction of Native elders, respecting the traditions of First Nations people, and gives great gratitude to those people, to those teachers. Janice has studied the ways of the gods and goddesses of the Greek, Norse, Germanic, Celtic, and African tradition. Most recently, Janice has been exploring the Buddhist path and the practice of mindfulness in daily life, seeking a contemplative experience in a hectic world. Hearing a calling to practice as a natural healer and trained scientist with curiosity about the plant world and the human body, Janice studied herbal medicine and privately practiced Yatsu for over 20 years. Most recently, Janice applies her skills of deep listening and solution-focused problem-solving as a trauma specialist and disaster manager in a corporate setting. Janice is honored to represent the Unitarian Congregation of Guelph as a lay chaplain and thanks them for their trust as she carries the responsibility of this office into the wider community of Guelph and region. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Thank you that you invited me here. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. You're an interesting lady. It seems that you like to study, Janice. Why do you think you've been so passionate about learning? Well, as you heard in the uh, introduction there, uh, part of uh, what I find is curiosity. I think that's one of the most important things that we uh, tap into in our lives is something that we've had when we're very young, that new eyes, you know, looking at the world. What do we see out there? How do we interpret it? What do we think about Mm -hmm. it? And then also, what do other people think about it? Once we get older and we widen our, our reality of what's around us, we start to say, oh, there's other people in this world, other countries, there's other places and cultures. How do they think? What is their philosophies, ethics, values? So it's a matter of uh, curiosity and then experience, wanting to experience the world and experience it fully as I can. Right. 
And I think that not all people, Janice, as they get older, open more to <laughs> to more possibilities. I think some of us, as we get older, maybe narrow our focus rather than expanding it. You know, so I think that's kind of unique and wonderful way to approach life is is to look at things through other people's lives. So that's a great place that we're starting from here today. So before we get into today's topic, I'd like to ask you, when you've studied a lot of different traditions, is there a common thread that you've found that crosses all of those traditions? Yes. One of, one of the things when you asked me, that, when I thought about that question, was it's really about community and our place in the world. When we think about who am I in the Western world, we tend to be quite individualistic and want to know about ourselves and who am I. Then we got to think, who am I in this world? Who am I in this community? How do I relate to the community? Mm-hmm. That can be the community of people, the community that surrounds me. It could be about the community of nature and how that also I am surrounded by and I am a part of. And then it can be the community of the world. So really, I'm looking at the larger scope of humanity and how we as individuals or how I as an individual am related to it and looking Mm -hmm. for commonalities as well as our differences. Great. So today we want to talk about impermanence, so change. So we're talking about change and life transitions. What do you mean by life transitions, Janice? One of the things that I think we realize is that things are always changing. Even though we like to think sometimes that everything remains very solid, it really is not that way. So in our lives, we have different times when most of us would say, oh, that was a life transition, like, I've graduated from high school or from college. And we often have little ceremonies or celebrations about those kinds of changes when we have Mm -hmm. a baby, when we get married. But there's Mm -hmm. also more subtle things that can happen in our lives, and they aren't often marked by any type of ceremony or celebration. And I think that's kind of the thing we want to look at today. Okay. So why should we talk about this? Why should we talk about impermanence and change? One of the things I've noticed is that our tendency is to like to stay in our habits. We feel comfortable and we get used to things the way they are. Mm -hmm. And then after we go through that, we want to make sure it stays that way. And we spend an awful lot of energy trying to maintain things just as they are. And yet, that's a very unnatural way of being and thinking about the world. If we look around us, very simply, the seasons, that always changes. We're not in a time where everything is going to be the same. And we have to prepare for summer, winter, spring, fall. There is something that we can see physically in terms of an impermanence. Another thing is aging. We know we're going to age. We would like to stay at a certain age. Maybe we'd like to always be young. Or maybe we want to not change from the age we love where we're at right now. But we can't change that. That is Mm -hmm. how a body is, always changing, always growing, always reacting to and responding to our environment. So the illusion of us saying things don't change is only something we're making up because we feel more comfortable with it. 
So is it a question of embracing change rather than resisting it, or is there something in between? If there are changes we don't want to see, how do we deal with that? Well, what I would see is there's always going to be some changes we don't like. There's going to be some changes we do like. That's the way of the world. That's the way of nature. Mm-hmm. One thing is to be looking carefully at ourselves and contemplating and being aware of what we think we don't like. Is it truly something that is not so-called good for us? Some things we don't like may actually be, in the longer term, something that develops resilience, something that develops our character, and something that we, when we look back, we go, that was That was good. That was a good thing that we had that because it changed us and we were able to grow through it. So whether Mm -hmm. something we don't like or like, that's, again, our attitude and our our momentarily feeling of that particular thing. Right. Okay. So do most people resist change? I I would say yes. I think there's a few people who who love change, who are the kind that go out and are seekers and like excitement and who like to see things uh, be different and change in their lives. But I think in general, a lot of people like routine, like things to be a certain way. We've heard people say, well, this is the way it's been done. This is the way it's always been done. That's the way our family does it. Yes. Right? Yeah, we're for comfortable sure. comfortable with that. We want it to be the same way as it always was, and yet we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because things will always change. Right, right. So I guess you're, you're suggesting that we accept more of the change around us? I think we accept that things will change. That's the starting point. We know that right. things will change. Again, with curiosity, openness, open-mindedness, thoughtfulness, and contemplation, we can then say, oh, what is it about this change? Either I like, don't like, want to have different, or how can I decide to create something in my life or support in my life that can help me go through these particular changes should they be considered difficult? Okay, okay. Ryo is in the chat room, and she says, the only constant in the universe is change. (laughs) Yes, that's right, yeah. So some reactions to change are not positive, and that's our reaction. That's not saying whether the change is positive or not. It's our reaction. So why do you say to celebrate? Okay, so some things, just I go into that a little bit about what our physiological response. Sometimes we have a reaction to change. We feel shortness of breath. We feel heart palpitation, just not thinking very clearly might make us stay up at night thinking about it and tossing and turning, so sleeplessness or worry or anxiety. And I would say quite often, in terms of our fight or flight response that we've all heard about, it's a normal reaction to change. And so we would we first look at that and say, okay, I didn't maybe like this or want this or something happened in the world or in my life that was different, extraordinary, unexpected, and now Mm -hmm. my body may be reacting, and therefore my mind interprets that. And we could say, sometimes your heart is racing, and you could be saying, oh, I'm in fear, or that same racing can be, oh, I'm excited, this is fun. Right, yeah. So part of our reaction to change is 
not allowing our bodies necessarily to fool us into thinking something or interpreting that thing as a negative thing necessarily. So the way to sometimes turn it around can be looking at this in a way to celebrate it. And what I mean celebrate doesn't necessarily go, oh, I'm so glad this terrible thing happened. This is something that happened. What kind of a ceremony or what kind of a ritual or support with friends and witnesses can I create for myself that acknowledges the change and that creates other opportunities for how I can look at this differently? Okay. So give us some example of this acknowledging the change idea. Again, it seems like you're talking about adding some community to this, right? To acknowledge the change, is that is it personal or is it or is it shared? Well, I I would say that would be up to the individual, but okay. let's take something common which might be a divorce or breaking up from a relationship. We have no ceremonies or rituals surrounding that. So I use that mm-hmm. as an example cuz for more or less all of us, even if we were teenagers when it happened, and we were madly in love with someone, and then, you know, it didn't work out. And what was our natural response often was to call a friend and talk to a friend about it. Now, what if we took that same experience and said, not only do I want to just vent or talk or have release through words, but what if I decided to do something in addition to, and I, for example, took some personal objects of myself and that person, whether it was We went to the fair, and uh, I won a little prize, and I was keeping that prize on my desk as a reminder of that person. Well, now I don't want that reminder, so can I get together with, if I want to share it, I can share it with a friend or myself and say, I look at that object, I imbue that object with the feeling of, now this is no longer the way it was before. Now I'm going to say this is now finished chosen and I choose no longer for this object to have that particular sense of remembrance and then what will I do with it? People can bury it. People can put it out in a boat on on the sea. Mm. There's many ways of saying okay this is how I ritualize. This is a way that I create something that my mind, body, spirit can feel because we could journal. That's one way. We can speak to people. That's another But that is very full of mind, full of thought. Sometimes Mm -hmm. celebrations are important because we're also going to involve something that is nonverbal, that is symbolic, that reaches to a more soulful place within us. And that will reverberate throughout our bodies and our minds and have a different kind of impact upon Mm -hmm. us. And Mm -hmm. when we have that impact, which is something we can't really talk about but we see changes by the way we behave and think then we know that that has been something that has reached that that place within us that is not a verbal place right okay that's great i think we're beginning to understand what you're talking about here it's time for us to go for a break and we'll continue this discussion right after this short message do you want to make a difference What if you found a way to make a far bigger impact than you ever thought possible? Apply mindful money management and learn how to create a better world by casting a vote for your values every time you spend, invest, and donate. Lynn Wedham is available to speak to you individually or to your group. You can reach Lynn at 519 
654-8342 or by email at lynn at mindfulmoneymanagement.ca. Today, my guest is Janice Canning, and our topic is celebrating the impermanence of our lives. We've been talking about the situation, the end of a relationship, and I've been married 37 years. And when we were first married, and a few of our friends where we had gone to weddings and you know, those people were breaking up, it was very clear to me at that time, okay, there's no etiquette for this you know, who gets to keep, who gets to keep the friend, which friend do you get to keep, and and all of that. Again, that is, as you said, there isn't a tradition around that. There isn't something where we know how to react because we have a tradition. And so you've suggested that we can figure out our own ritual or something that is symbolic and speaks to a different part of us when we're dealing with some of these things. So that's really interesting. But how do we be that creative to come up with ideas to know what's going to have that effect on us, Janice? Well, I do believe we're all creative, even if we don't think so. We're sometimes overwhelmed by professionals and specialists. And just like Perhaps people who come to you and say, I don't know anything about money or what to do. I feel overwhelmed. And yet you show them step by step how they can create financial Mm -hmm. wellness. And here's a similar idea. How do I create this wellness, emotional wellness? I believe Mm -hmm. we all have a sense of what makes us feel good and what makes us feel better. We already know about little rituals and little altars and things like that. We do it all the time in our own lives. Only maybe we don't name them. We may have little special things that we do around setting tables, creating meals for families. When we get together with family and friends, there may be certain times of the year, whether it's just as simple as birthdays or commemorations of special events. We already do these kinds of things in our lives. So now the thing is to say, well, that was something that I had done before or that I was present to someone else. And what Mm -hmm. would work for me in this kind of situation? Especially as adults, we're very resilient. We've found ways to go through times of change. And we can look back at ourselves and say, what was helpful to me then? Maybe if you say, oh, flowers cheer me up, or I really love flowers in my home. Well, how can I incorporate this into this idea of creating my ritual? So Maybe when I've taken away, in my example, I took away this symbol that was sitting on my desk. Now there's an empty hole. I look at the empty hole. I'm still Hmm. going to remember what was there. So maybe I'm going to put some fresh flowers there and say, just like these flowers are blooming and fresh and full of life, so am I. I'm the Mm -hmm. same like that. And so will I find something to fill my life again with joy and color just as I see my flowers there. Right. And again, it's symbolic of the feeling that you want to. Yeah. You know, some people, if they're finding difficulty, you can also do things, artistic things. And I won't put too heavy a word on that, crafty. Whatever kinds of things that are symbolic, for instance, cutting out pictures and putting them on a board that represents, now where do I want to go now? That's a very common way that people do work and say, Whatever happened in my past is past, but where am I going now towards the future? And I'm cutting out and pasting pictures and cutting out words and 
writing little things down that I will be like, oh, that's really interesting. So it's creating clarity as well. That's right. So when you now visualize it, you're going to look at this, you know, poster that you've made for yourself and it'll keep reminding you. Let's say someone wants to save for a house. They have their idea. I would like a house in my future. I live in an apartment now or I live at home with my parents now. What am I really looking for if I want to dream that, if I want to be that? If that's going to be part of my future and my reality, what will I do to bring that to me besides, Mm -hmm. of course, your finances? However, so that might be part of it. Oh, see a financial advisor. Understand about, you know, loans and mortgages. And what will it actually look like? What kind of uh, environment do I want? Why do I want one? Is it Mm -hmm. for children? Is it for I like to garden? You know, my sense of security? There's many reasons. And then all those could be the kinds of pictures that you would put up on this poster board. Do people resist doing this kind of exercise or do they embrace it? Or how do you find people reacting to suggestions that they create different ways to react to things? I think many people feel they're not artistic or creative. And we've been trained to believe that other people who are specialists are best to do that. And we tend to be comfortable to be entertained by others. So in our upbringing, we like, let's say, want to watch television or play video games or go to shows or theaters or movies. It's fairly passive in that someone else has created the activity. We may participate in it, either as spectators or if we're active in in the game itself. We don't feel that we have an ownership of the creative process. So this is going against our training, shall I say. So mm-hmm. we look again, go back to our childhood. We didn't we didn't think about when we were making our mud pies or our sandcastles or scribbling around in our crayons. We you know, we didn't censor ourselves to say, I'm not an artist, I can't build or I can't do this. We were encouraged. You know, we right. had other people encouraging us. So what I would say is often when you're encouraged, if you have someone who's working with you to create this I mean, people can go to classes, they can take art classes, those kinds of, that's why we do it. We go with other people, we go in groups, we learn that as a group we can teach ourselves certain skills. And then Mm -hmm. we can realize, oh, I, I have original thoughts, I have ideas. And again, the idea of contemplation and being quiet and opening to it, you can do, like, for instance, coloring mandalas. They're already cut out, and you just color them in, let's say. The very Mm -hmm. quietness of the coloring and the colors and the contemplation, all kinds of things can arise from that. Sometimes we're not listening to ourselves. Yeah, a lot lot of times that can be very relaxing. Yeah, I like the idea of listening to ourselves, too. When you talk about, you know, the choices that we can have, One place that I find it very encouraging that people are making more choices now is is in the area of of funerals. You know, it used to be everybody did the same thing. You had, you know, two days of visitation and, you know, and then there was the funeral. And I find it very encouraging that people do feel today that they can choose to not do the visitation. Sometimes it's a memorial service and meeting people after or 
I've attended gatherings, you know, celebration of life in, you know, a hall as opposed to the funeral home. And I find it very encouraging that people are choosing what they want. Yes, and I think that's part of a greater change that's going on in our society, even for weddings or for baptisms or many, many things. There's a breaking out of a certain mold. Like there are rituals within certain cultures and uh, religious groups, and some people appreciate them and continue to do that. Others feel are not connected to that particular way of being, and I feel I'd like to make the change that is meaningful to myself, my family, my friends, and the culture I may find myself in, a chosen different culture, or the cultures we're in today in terms of the modern world is different than it was hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. So this is why I believe that this idea of openness and permission to say, how do we want to celebrate, mark a person's life after they have died, after they have passed? We want to take our own control of that because we knew that person the best. We, the family, the, the community, the friends, we are the ones who now create a celebration. And how do we do that? We get together with the community and we create the music, the food, the entertainment, the sayings, the poems. It allows us, and death in particular opens us up to creativity even more when we face our own mortality and then we realize something about that touches us very deeply and it allows for an opening within us, a change, because we must think about the huge inevitability of death for us all. And again, it's it's one of those things, many times we talk on the show about the things that people don't want to talk about. But, you know, again, this is death and our our funeral and how we would like to be remembered and, and celebrated. What a wonderful opportunity to talk to our loved ones about what's important to us. There's many things that we don't talk about enough. Yes, that's right. And it's sometimes pre-planning, as you're talking about t- telling your family what kind of thing you'd like to have happen. Some people would like to say, I just want you to have a really good time, have a great gathering. Mm-hmm put the pictures on the wall and tell stories and, you know, that's a nice way I want to be remembered. I don't want to have a lot of people in heavy, dark dress and uh, a lot of sadness. Not that people shouldn't be sad or grieve, of course. People need to grieve in whichever way they need to grieve. But in terms of that ceremony that we create, how there can be times of, of silence, there can be times of deep listening to ourselves, of sharing. It's really up to us to find, because a funeral or a celebration of life is really for us, the living, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. give us a chance to grieve, to share our stories, and also to come face-to-face with our own mortality and to share that with one another. Yeah, I think one of the important words that you used was permission, you know, that we feel we have the permission that we don't have to do it exactly the way it was done, but we have the permission to create this new ceremony that you're describing. It's time for us to go for a break again. We're going to do that. I've heard you mention little altars, and we'll talk a bit about that when we come back from this break. In society, plant giving seems to be presented as something you do when you're extremely wealthy or planning your estate. Mindful Money Management focuses on planning your contribution at every step around the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you 
and create a better world. Tune in to Mindful Money Management regularly. Feel free to contact Lynn Wedham of Asante Estate and Insurance Services with your planned giving questions. You can contact Lynn at lynn at mindfulmoneymanagement.ca. Welcome back to our show entitled Celebrating the Impermanence of Our Lives. Janice Canning is my guest, and we've been talking about giving ourselves permission to create ceremonies to mark transitions in our lives that have real meaning to us and are maybe symbolic of of that meaning in our lives. So, Janice, one of the things that I heard you mention was little altars. Can you talk a bit more about little altars, what you mean by that, and some examples? Well, I think many of us have places that are kind of special to us. If you have a mantelpiece, for example, let's say you might have a special picture on it. You may have some objects that have meaning for when you went on a vacation or gifts that were given to you from friends or family or things that came to you from persons who had died and they're placed in special places. We might have them in cabinets somewhere behind glass. We could be having them in our bedrooms where we have little places that we have remembrances of, again, friends, family, or honoring something. Your own you know, office may have something about your achievements in it, your diplomas. It may have a little place where you keep your special awards. I would call those little altars. I call hmm. them that because it's something you've put together to give you a remembrance, to give you pleasure, to remind you of things. And it's something that I think we do unconsciously. I'm sure if I went into anybody's home, I could point out something This is some little special thing that you've put together that has created beauty and has meaning for you. And Mm. then I would strike up a conversation and say, tell me about this. And all kinds of things would come out of it because it was placed there with something in mind and has a deep sense of your emotional attachment and stories to that particular place or thing that you've done. Right. And do you feel that we don't do enough of this or it's just a normal part of what we do and we just don't realize that we're doing it? I think we do, especially people who love to decorate, they do it quite consciously. Others may do it more unconsciously and I may point it out to them and they had not thought, oh yeah, that's what I did, I didn't realize. What we can do is bring it into our consciousness and say, you know, I already do this, I already have places where I do it. Now, how would I like to make them be meaningful, make them work for me if I'm looking towards bringing something in my life and I want to see that happen? How can I put objects and things and pictures to represent that? Or if I want to honor a certain part of a person, place, or thing, how do I consciously gather those symbols, pictures, objects that have remembrance, attachment of meaning to this place and then when I go there I can take even a moment to contemplate. So we're also talking about using the place actively. It's one thing to say it's a place of beauty and we we appreciate it for its beauty. And it's another to actually, you know, maybe look at those objects. Sometimes we do that. You know, if you were given an old watch from your great grandfather and here it was and you put it in your hand and you, you feel it and you think about it and you admire the workmanship and it brings you to another place, another time. It sends you into the past, 
And then it reminds you that, oh, I'm, I'm in a line from that past to the present here, and this object is a reminder of that, mm-hmm. of that long line of peoples that I came through and their stories and their resilience and maybe in times of troubles and stress, like I lost my job, but I say, oh, this was the watch of my great-grandfather. And I remember he lost his job and his family struggled and how he was changing his life or how did my grandmother react and how did she go through the depression or go through the war, you know, and then it gives me strength by saying, yeah, you Mm -hmm. know, I know I'm in a difficult place too and the strength of those stories and those memories will also help me get through what I'm going through today. You know what I think is sometimes interesting, too, is in a situation like that, if you think, what would my grandfather say to me, Mm -hmm. right? You can often almost, you know, you you knew that person well enough that you almost know what the advice would be, right? And, And you can almost get that encouragement from them. But, you know, what you're talking about is taking the time, too, right? That's right. We've got to make time. As I was saying, I I meditate. For example, I do meditate every day. We make the time to do these things. And this doesn't have to be a long time, but it can be instead of we're brooding, we're thinking, we're we're worrying, Mm -hmm. we're we're like, oh, turn it around. Like I'm having this time here where I'm maybe not using it in the best way. Why don't I now use this same time? And as you say, you'd go to that place and say, oh, grandmother, I'm really worried about this. What would you say to me if you were here today? Even if it's somebody you don't know, but you admire somebody in terms of a famous person that you'd like to speak to and say, Mm -hmm. that person, that energy, that symbol that I admire, what would you say or how would you guide me right now? And that is like your subconscious speaking to yourself. And Mm -hmm. and then you're allowing the time for that to come forth and something arises. And I'm not saying that person came from the dead or anything like that. I'm saying the idea of that symbol is then now percolated within us. And when you allow something to just be and sit without imposing thought upon it, something comes up. And, you know, often that's what people say. When I was not thinking about a problem, that's when the answer came. Mhm, mhm. You know, a really important point is sort of taking the time even to realize how I'm feeling today, right? Like sometimes we don't even take the time to realize how we're feeling. So if we can use that item even to help us take the time. I have flower beds, you know, and sometimes I feel like, well, I do all this work on the flower beds and then we don't sit in the yard very much, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like you're always working on it, but you never get to sit and enjoy it. But I guess I guess that's kind of the nature of gardening too, right? There's always a weed to pull. <laughs> gardening can be the meditation. So as you're weeding, we can focus on the weeds and be like pulling and tearing and uh, more weeding, or we can be focusing on the flower and going, oh, here you are, flower, I'm making more space for you, oh, you're a beautiful flower, I'm appreciating you, flower. In the meantime, your hands know how to weed. They'll just carry on weeding. And we can create the appreciation. So maybe you can use that as a symbol. In the weeding of my life, when trouble happens and my flower of myself gets strangled, focus on Mm. my flower, the beauty and the growth and how it's all fitting in in the flower bed as I'm weeding and taking away the things that are, you know, choking something in my life or not bringing something positive to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we step back 
every little once in a while, when we're doing our weeding, get up, we stretch, we make sure that we're not getting too stiff, and we step back and we look at our work and we enjoy it and go, now look at that. We might even call a friend over and say, come on over, we're going to have tea and we're going to enjoy sitting here in the garden. Okay. All right, Janice, so we'll plan that. you got to come over for a cup of tea. (laughs) Okay, anytime. Let's do it. All right, we'll do that. Can't believe it. It's time for us to go for break again, and we'll just get a few more thoughts from you after this break, Janice. Do you want to make a difference? What if you found a way to make a far bigger impact than you ever thought possible? Apply mindful money management and learn how to create a better world by casting a vote for your values every time you spend, invest, and donate. Lynn Wedham is available to speak to you individually or to your group. You can reach Lynn at 519-654-8342 or by email at lynn at mindfulmoneymanagement.ca. Welcome back. My guest today is Janice Canning. We've been talking about making new ways to celebrate life's transitions. Janice, I've heard you speak about the power of witnessing. What do do you mean by the power of witnessing? Many times we may say to ourselves, I would like to do such and such, or I'll be doing that soon. Yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah. Now, what if we start telling our friends, you know, I'm planning to uh, build a deck. And, and what I'm doing. And then, you know, then they'll be asking me, how's that deck going? So you made a witness of someone, a witness mm. to an action or a promise to yourself. And they're, be, they're being helpful by reminding you of that vow or of that idea that you had. So in the same way, when we get together for these celebrations, we can also say, I'm also now going to bring more witnesses. So when I want to make the celebration of something that's, or change that's happened, some transition that's happened, then they're there to witness it for me. And if it's, let's say, exercise, I get together with people, I say, you know, I want to celebrate that I'm ready to move forward in my life and do more exercise. You're here as my witnesses, and I want your help. You know, I want you to call me up and we'll go for walks, or I need the support when I may feel a little bit demotivated. And Mm -hmm. you find a a kind of celebration ritual that all of you can participate in to kind of cement that, to anchor that into your bodies and minds and spirits so that you feel connected to one another in this particular time and you know that you are giving that person that support in whatever life change they're looking to make. Okay. So these new traditions, they can be ways of of building a community around us to help us with our transition as well. Is that part of what you're saying? Right. We don't all want or have a community, whether cultural or spiritual, but we may have a really wonderful group of friends. And it can be a way that we can say for each other, you know, there's ways that I'd like us to support one another. And there's ways that not just talking about it, that we're taking some kind of action. But I don't mean I want you to do something for me physically or instead of me doing it. What I want us to all do is support one another in a way that is in this alternative, nonverbal, symbolic more maybe visual or auditory way, using our different senses to mm-hmm. reinforce those kinds of transitions and changes 
that we are making. And as a community, we're developing this closeness together because I'm going to be there for you and you're going to be there for me. We're all going to be there for each other. This is what community is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thought and I'm sure there's people out there that have experienced it, you know, and other times that perhaps they haven't experienced having that support. But, you know, I can see where some of these giving it a little bit more conscious thought rather than just expecting it to happen. I don't want it to put down that it has to be with a group. Lots of people like to do these things solitaire. Sometimes mm-hmm. they feel much more comfortable to be doing this on their own. They might actually be calling in invisible or or non-physical types of things. They might call on the power of earth or water, like elemental Mm -hmm. things. They might call on the memory of their ancestors. They may have other Mm -hmm. special kinds of things that are meaningful to them that they call in. So they they may be alone, but not alone in spirit, as it were. Right. Wonderful. And that may be very effective for them. Yeah. Janice, what key thought would you like to leave with our listeners today to sum things up? Mainly that change is something that we can embrace and celebrate. We don't have to do it alone or feel alone, especially if they're challenging, and that we have an immense power of creativity that we can tap into. Wonderful. And Janice, if people wanted to discuss this further with you, how can they reach you if they had further questions for you? Sure, they can get me at my email, and that's my name, J-A-N-I-C-E, dot, last name, C-A-N-N-I-N-G, at gmail.com. Okay, and give that uh, to us one more time, because I can just imagine that The people have started to write it and not gotten it all down. So give it out one more time, please, Janice. J-A-N-I-C-E dot C-A-N-N-I-N-G at gmail dot com. Cool. Well, that's great. Thank you for uh, all your advice and your encouragement in creating new celebrations and new traditions for ourselves. I think that's really good to suggest to us that we have permission to create new traditions. That's Thank a wonderful you so thought. Thank so for having me here on the show. I really appreciate it. And it's the kind of message, a positive message, that I think needs to be here in the world today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, very interesting show, Janice. And I've already got an idea for another show for us. So uh, just sort of things kind of related to what we were talking about. But I think we've got lots of other things to talk about, too. So uh, I'd love to plan another one as well. So thanks so much for being with us. And uh, I look forward to it. Cool. That's great. So remember, you can send me an email anytime. I'm always here to help. Let's book a time for us to chat. Let's do a 30-minute telephone consultation just to kind of get you on the right path to achieve your goals and dreams. So again, contact me by email anytime. As an independent speaker with the John Maxwell team, I'm pleased to offer my time to present to your group on a topic of interest to them. Some of my favorites are the three stages of life, learning, earning, and returning. Or the new retirement is a great one because retirement doesn't mean the same things as it used to mean to people. So those are options as well. So remember, this is Lynn Wedham. Till next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. 
Thank you for choosing to listen to Mindful Money Management. We hope you'll join us next time. To listen to more shows like this one, please go to soundcloud.com and search Mindful Money Management. We appreciate your follows, likes, and shares. Until next time, remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community.